Hey, I know a lot of you are looking for ways to support this show, and the best way to do that right now is to get my new book, Jolt. Go to gum.co slash joltbook slash podcast for a special podcast offer. Being in traffic almost killed me. This is Mega Maker, episode 35. Hey, how's it going, Mega Makers? Welcome to the show. Justin Jackson here. This is the show for software developers, designers, entrepreneurs, makers, anyone who wants to earn an independent living from the things that they create, whether that's building a software as a service web application or whether you're making t-shirts and selling them on Shopify. This is this is all for you. And I know some of you folks are here because uh, you're bored, and that's okay. If you're just listening to this show for entertainment and you find these 15 to 20-minute uh, rambles that I do entertaining and it helps you get through uh, you know, walking the dog or whatever you're doing, doing the dishes, I'm glad you're here. But I know most of you are here for a different reason. You're here because you're not satisfied. Now, you're a happy person generally, you're good at your job, you love your family, but you're just not satisfied with the way things are. You want life to be better. You're tired of being stuck in traffic for two hours a day. You're tired of working on projects at work that never ship. You have a new baby in the house, and maybe you're not quite making ends meet. Diapers are expensive. Uh, Just a quick sidebar here. Being in traffic almost killed me. It wasn't the danger of getting into an accident, although that possibility was always there. What I mean is it sucked away my will to live. Sitting waiting for red lights to turn green, trailing thousands of other cars into downtown Edmonton, sitting motionless in the car watching cyclists whiz by me, looking for frickin' parking... By the time I would get to the office, I would already be drained, and it would even be worse coming home at the end of the day. I would just collapse on the couch, exhausted, and it was all just from driving. And if you're like me, if you're feeling the way I was feeling, you're looking for hope. There's days you come home from work and you're so frustrated you lash out at your spouse or other people in your house. And you don't know why. There's this deep discontent inside. And you're just looking for a way out. And when you're in a situation like that, it almost feels like you're trying to crawl through a tunnel towards the light. But the tunnel just keeps getting tighter and tighter around you. And you can't move forward fast enough. Well, today on the podcast, I want to give you hope. By the way, this rant is based off a Mega Maker live event I did. I'm going to try to do these every Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific, and you can get the details at megamaker.co slash live. Uh, You can also sign up for uh, the email notifications at megamaker.co slash challenge. 
But there is hope. There's a ladder to independence, and I want to tell you about it. Now, before I get into this, I want to say there's uh, a lot of my contemporaries in the, especially the product people space, have a similar framework to what I'm going to describe today. And you can get all of those links in the show notes, megamaker.co slash 35. Use whatever approach works best for you. So here's your problem. You have a one hour commute to the office every day. And you're using that time to listen to podcasts, but you, it just, it's not enough. It doesn't feel like you're actually moving forward. Then you work from, let's say, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., and you're working with good people, but stuff just takes forever to ship, and sometimes your contributions never see the light of day. You get home at 6 p.m., you eat dinner with the family, And if you're like me, by 6 p.m., you're already feeling sleepy. You're starting to feel a little tired. This is my low energy part of the day. After dinner, you do chores, homework with the kids, you put the kids to bed. And for me, by the time my kids are in bed, I am practically begging them to close their eyes. I'm just like, please, please go to sleep. 9 p.m., kids are in bed. You and your partner finally have time to chat. And for me, this always kind of looked like us both just laying on the couch, being half asleep and basically (laughs) completely tired. And then 10 p.m., you have a choice. Now, you can either go to sleep and actually get a decent amount of hours in before you have to wake up the next day and do it all again, or you can try to hustle on your side project. By the way, this is not going to be a rant on how you should be staying up all night until your eyeballs bleed just to work on your side project. I know that many of you would love to get a piece of time to work on your own project, but like I said, you feel like you have no wiggle room. You're in that tunnel trying to climb forward, but it just, it's so tight around your body, it's like you can't even move your arms and legs. So let me tell you about the independence ladder. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen a painter put together a scaffold. A scaffold is uh, basically a series of platforms that you assemble to get yourself from ground level up to the elevation you want to be. And getting more independence and freedom is similar. You figure out how to build a scaffold and get yourself closer to your goal. Now, Before I go any further, I just want to say uh, maybe a brief disclaimer. These are the steps that work for me. They might not work for you. There are plenty of times along the way that I felt hopeless, tired, and stuck. Also, independence can look different for different folks. Some people don't want to build their own products, but their idea of freedom is working remotely. Uh, Other people want to keep their day job but have a little business on the side. Some people's idea of freedom is being an independent freelancer. Pursue the option that you want. Whatever freedom looks like for you or whatever you think will give you more freedom, that's your goal. Go for that. So I wanted to gain freedom by making stuff. So my ladder looked like this. Number one, get some freedom from my day job. Uh, My wife and I had our first child at 22 and I, before that, I'd been running my own business, uh, you know, as a someone in college student, then a young adult. 
But with the birth of our daughter, we decided that I would go get a full-time job and focus on that until our kids were in school. However, there were still opportunities for me to free up time, specifically that one-hour commute I was telling you about. So first I tried taking the bus and working on projects on my laptop, and that did not work. I, I really tried. I got a little, you know, uh, USB modem and tried to make it work, could not make it work. Next, I asked if I could work from home one day a week. And uh, initially, my boss said no, but I was persistent. Every year around uh, salary negotiation time, I'd say, you know, instead of giving me uh, this big of a raise, why don't you give me this raise and allow me to work from home one day a week? And once he said yes, that saved me two hours a week. I was able to work from home every Thursday. I also uh, switched my working hours around so I could work from 7 a.m. until 3 p.m. And that way I could beat traffic and save an hour a day. Then after years of being with the company and lots of begging and lots of, uh, you know, every year bringing it up, saying this is something that was important to me, uh, they offered me a full-time remote job. And this cut out my commute entirely. Uh, it also enabled me to move to where I'm at right now, which is in uh, the Okanagan in British Columbia. So once I was working full-time remote, and it, like I said, it took some time. Like it wasn't easy to get that job. But once I got there, that saved me, uh, well, two hours a day times five. So 10 hours a week just from cutting out my commute. The second step was to make a small project and release it for free. So once I started working remotely, I, uh, for the first time in a long time, I was able to pursue a side project. And it was right around then that Kyle Fox approached me and asked if I wanted to start a podcast with him called Product People. And our whole objective was just to create something that was ours, that was outside of our full-time job. So our first uh, episode was October 15th, 2012, right after I'd gone remote. And there was no idea of making it a business or anything. We just wanted to create something, put it out into the world, and have it not connected to our daily grind. The third step was to help people, to build an audience. So doing that podcast and releasing it for free had a bunch of benefits. Uh, first of all, I was meeting all these amazing founders, Heaton Shaw, Nathan Berry, Ruben Gamez. And secondly, our show started attracting an audience. We were helping people learn the basics of product design, execution, and marketing. And I was able to start seeing opportunities where I could help these people even more than I was helping them just doing the show. And so these little things I noticed turned into blog posts, episode themes, and eventually a live workshop that I did for free called uh, The Self-Publishing Hangout. I did it with Sasha Grafe, Nathan Berry, and Paul Jarvis. The fourth step was to do a small project and charge a small price for it. And I've talked about this a lot. This is a theme on the show. Start now, start small. One trend I, I see, I'm seeing more and more, and it worries me, is that everyone wants to start big. They want to do something huge and put a huge price tag on it. And my advice is whether you're consulting or building a product, start small and charge a small price for it. 
I realize this goes against the advice that's going around uh, of double your rate and charge more. And I think that's good advice, but only when you have more experience, only when you've proven yourself, only when you've gained authority. If this is your first product or your first time doing freelance work, you have to start small. You haven't built trust yet. Building a reputation takes time. Uh, one of my favorite ways for people to get started is just to do a small workshop. Convince five people to show up for a live event and charge them, I don't know, like 10 bucks each. And um, for me, my first product was uh, a little ebook called Amplification. I released that uh, October 2013. So one year after uh, I'd launched the Product People podcast. Okay, step number five, again, help people. Keep building your audience. Once I realized I had some traction in the product people space, I focused on it. I was insatiably curious, so I would research, ask questions, and do experiments. I wrote exclusively about making and marketing digital products, and this is when I started a weekly newsletter. So 2013-2014 is really when people started to pay more attention to what I was doing, what I was saying. This is when I started getting invitations to speak at events and um, be a guest on other podcasts. Step six, do a bigger project and charge more money for it. So once you've done a series of smaller engagements, whether it's products or consulting, you've built a reputation. It's time to go bigger, a bit bigger, not like crazy big, but a bit bigger. So in 2014, based on this profile I built in the product community, I was able to quit my full-time job and start consulting full-time. And that job, that first consulting gig, came from one of the advertisers on Product People. So they'd already worked with me. They already knew I was excited about the product. And they said, well, come work for us. We'll let you contract to us. And so I consulted for teams based in Colorado, Portland, and San Francisco. And in 2015... I built and launched my biggest project to date, which is marketing for developers. And that's really provided me most of my income up until now. Step number seven, continue to scale audience and revenue. So marketing for developers opened a lot of doors for me. Uh, I spoke at MicroConf in Barcelona uh, on that topic in August of 2015. I created a, a version for non-technical folks called Marketing for Product People. I continued to grow my newsletter past 10,000 subscribers. Um, you know, I was answering questions. I was building a following on Twitter. Continued to help people scale that audience, keep growing revenue. You keep repeating that until step number eight, you can go independent. And the decision to go independent is deeply personal. Uh, my original plan was to continue consulting work until the summer of 2016, until now. But I've been independent since November, about seven, eight months ago. But the, that startup I was working for, that startup I was consulting for, got acquired. And I had a choice. I could go out and get more consulting clients or I could try to stop consulting and focus exclusively on making my own stuff. So ideally, I would have had more consulting income in the bank before I made that leap, but all my kids were in school full-time, and my wife and I decided to take the chance. 
So I started a new podcast, this podcast, to chronicle my journey. And my goal was to make an average of $10,000 in revenue a month for this first year of being independent. And so far, thanks, thanks to a lot of folks like you, I've achieved that goal. And again, if you're looking for ways to support the work I'm doing, uh, getting Jolt is the best way right now, or getting marketing for developers. Those are both in the show notes. So those are the steps. What made it possible for me to go independent? Going through all the steps I just described. Each step of that ladder is important. Ultimately, they culminated for me in a product that was generating enough revenue that I felt like I could make the leap. So here's how to get started. The biggest struggle for most people is just like, where do I start? My recommendation, don't try to find an idea. Start by choosing the people you'd like to focus on. What group of people that have some money could you serve? Who do you want to focus on? Who do you like being around? Uh, What industry are you in? Those are the kinds of questions you need to ask. And if you're looking for the next step, and actually if you're looking to review all these steps, I've written them all out on my blog, justinjackson.ca slash ladder. L-A-D-D-E-R. And I've got some ideas for next steps on there. That's it for this week. If you want to reach me, I'd love to hear from you. I am M-I Justin on Twitter, Snapchat, and Instagram. That's the letter M, the letter I, Justin. Reach out, say hi. I try to respond to everyone. I just hit 10,000 followers on Twitter for the first time, which has been super fun. I love hanging out with people on there. Um, This podcast is hosted by Simplecast.fm. This theme music you're hearing right now is striker-metal.com. And uh, you can subscribe to the show and rate and review it in iTunes. Just search for Megamaker. Click five stars. That really helps other people find the show. And every time a new one comes in, it notifies me in Slack. It just makes my day when I read those. So, uh, yeah, that's it. I'll see you guys next Friday. And be sure to check out megamaker.co slash live for future live events. Cheers. Cheers.